Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Fernet. And every week we hang out and listen to great video game music of the past and the present. And we talk about what we like about it and we listen to it with you. And sometimes we eat food, drink beverages, mm-hmm. and sit in two chairs with one butt. Anything goes in this show. Uh, I want to do a correction from last week's episode. We played a, a track from Electric... No, we played a track from Wicked Sephiroth, the, uh, one of his suggested tracks, which was from Sonic Chaos, mm-hmm. which he he asked for it, the track from the Sega Master System, but we played the Game Gear version. Ah, oh, pickles! Um, which I thought would be the same arrangement, but it wasn't, so... Um, I'm surprised it's not. So I'm gonna find out now. We're gonna have to play it like as like an extra on an episode. I didn't know Sonic like... Chaos was for the Sega Master System. To be honest with you, that's that's a whole world I'm not familiar with. Same here. Mm. All I knew was Game Gear, and I ran with it. But hey, we could like I said, we could always just slap it onto another episode. It's like I'm like here's an extra track to make up for what we did before. Yeah, we'll have to do we'll have to do more. We'll have to do more of those. Um, But before we even get into all of this, this is episode 15-2, and we have a special guest with us, as we've talked about in the last episode. We have um, the one Mitchell Wong. um, Hello. Hello, uh, a game audio producer, music producer, and trombone enthusiast. Is that that right? Uh, Yeah, I usually say composer, uh, sound designer of sorts, and I am a trombonist. So, Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about, um, briefly, how how you got involved in game music and, and what interests you about composing for games. Um, let me think. So, last year, or well, maybe it was two years by now at this point, which is kind of weird, but I was in nonprofit work and I was dying. Uh, I was working like 11 plus hour days uh. and I was just kind of miserable. And some guys um, that I kind of knew from a Discord server of another game that we all mutually play, they're making their own game, and they're like, hey, we need some music, um, we are just looking for people, this is just something that we're working on part-time. And so it was like really clear that like no one's making money off of this, really. And I was just like, hey, uh, hit me up in like three weeks when I'm like finally done with this. And so they did, and they're like, here's this one character, uh, kind of our ideas of what we want. And so then I just kind of wrote something, and they're like, oh, we love it. I'm like, oh, that, that's a nice feeling. Awesome. So then I, I, they kept giving me characters, and I kept writing themes. And then I saw um, Akash the Car, big shout out to him. He has a really great YouTube channel, um, and he's kind of a mentor of mine now. And so he, he basically convinced me that uh, this is something I can run with. And uh, now, like literally just last week, I was in Britain for EGX. Oh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like the packs of Britain. And so I was there uh, helping demo Kine, which is a game that I'm working on. And it's already getting some like coverage from like Rock Paper Shotgun and some other Ooh. news sources. It's so like very, very neat looking. It's it's the kind of puzzle game that really interests me. And whoa, it's got whoa, a whoa, great whoa. look. This, you said puzzle game. This is a puzzle game. So, yeah, Pernell is a puzzle puzzle guy. Ooh, I'm about to look into that then. And, yeah. and the, and the, the I, I've seen the the trailer for it, but I haven't seen any actual um, gameplay or, or through it. But is is the music match with the gameplay? Is it is it synchronized at all? So the I I will be perfectly clear that the the trailer is not my music. That was before I was brought onto the project. Okay. But uh, what I'm working on is that 
Essentially, uh, there are three playable instruments. There's a trombone, a accordion, and a drum, and they oh. all move differently. Um, so there's like a world map kind of area, mm -hmm. and there's a, a constant baseline that's playing the whole time. And when you go into one of the three instruments, there will be a new track that will be added on top of that. And the more levels you go through with that instrument, the more layers get added on top. And so it becomes like a deeper, more complicated song as oh. the puzzles get complicated. Fun. Mm. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Like watching the, the play, I didn't realize that those were instruments moving around or yeah. would-be instruments. That's great. I really it's like been, that idea. It's been a lot of fun. It's been really challenging since essentially everything... It's kind of like one enormous mega song that is just really <laughs> modular yeah. because the, like, the bass is the same and I have to work around that. But it is really fun to do and feels very gratifying when it works out. I like the idea behind that too because it's come up in episodes prior to this, but it's very rare to come across tracks that are, let's just say, limited in their, like not limited, they, tracks that evolve. Let's go with that evolving tracks they're a fantastic concept to see in games but they just don't happen all that often so to hear that you have a game that's solely centered around the idea of earning that progression sounds amazing yeah. to me Pernell and I actually we became really good friends over music and rhythm games so whenever time there's there's a new the new concepts of rhythm games come out where it's not just hitting notes to a button but where the the music and the gameplay complement each other really uh, tightly I get really excited about that Mm. I typically try to play them. Get, we, get down to it. And we try to get down to it. <laughs> All right, so, um, but you um, play the trombone, and so we talked about doing a, a, first we talked about doing a low brass focus on in video games, which was seemed a little too narrow. <laughs> Funny enough, I was way off left field. At one point, I was trick picking tracks for wind ensembles. <laughs> it's like, well... This, oh, will be yeah. a, this will be a doozy of a topic. Well, how about we, we, we start listening to some music and maybe we talk about what, what you like about the instrument or maybe what you like about what, what they did in some of these games and um, we'll, we'll go from there. So what's the first song you'd like to uh, pick from? Um, how about just the Banjo-Kazooie one? All right, so this is Rusty Bucket Bay. This is composed by um, Grant Kirkhope, who's done many, many games. Uh, for the N64, this is Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> Thank you. 
Listening to Rusty Bucket Bay from Banjo Kazooie for the Nintendo 64, composed by Grant Kirkhope. I almost didn't recognize it without the animal sound. Actually, this is a legit track. Like I haven't played this game in a while, but this has a lot of bop to it. I can really appreciate this track here. It was an excellent choice. Yeah. So I think originally we were talking about. I was I was thinking, what if we did wind ensemble as the theme? But that's like almost impossible. I've actually had a sort of micro talk about how wind ensemble is a really underused texture. But uh, Grant Kirkhope and uh, sort of to an extent Austin Wintry kind mm-hmm. of take advantage of that texture. And I think this in particular is a really fun track. Uh, they particularly because the bass trombone solo and there's a tuba <laughs> solo that you never get anywhere. And so no, those no. are, yeah. It's fun because it it sounds it sounds great like um, on the N sixty four they're they're using what sounds like a legit trombone sound but then it's then you can tell it's been sampled and been, has been pitch bended pitch bent I guess um, a little artificially but it helps I feel like it, it's almost more cartoony in that way it's like and it's just it's like yeah I want more of that sound yeah. The writing is actually also legit. It it works out because a lot of times you'll hear some like side stuff that just physically doesn't work on the instrument. Uh, actually, back in my school, I was part of the Ithaca Gamer Symphony Orchestra, and we did a banjo kazooie medley. And so I, awesome. I've like actually played this song in a concert <laughs> before. Oh, sweet! Was someone there with like a whistle going? Woo! Uh, yeah, I think we did actually. <laughs> That's great. The foghorn attempt, like how oh, we get this foghorn sound? Like, don't I'll worry about that. Um, that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with banjo kazooie at all? Is this something that you've played? Oh yeah, I grew up with banjo kazooie. Um, I didn't play banjo tooie until way only a couple years ago and i didn't like it as much i definitely didn't like ukulele as much but i was going to ask you about that actually you told us all more ukulele straight up a hat in time is everything i ever wanted yes yes (laughs) that game Uh, is so good maybe thinking about picking music from that too but i did not unfortunately uh that's, That's a great soundtrack. Yeah, we're gonna have to feature like that whole that whole game. Yeah, yeah. foreshadowing too. I gotta Manhattan ask time. you this. I gotta ask you this. What was your favorite world in Hatton Time, though? Ooh, um, so I love the character of Battle of the Birds because it feels very Paper Mario, mm-hmm. and I love traversing around in Alpine Skyland because I just feel like that was the most free and it, it just it like it was just challenging enough that I was like working hard on it, but it never felt frustrating. And I'm currently working on the Arctic Cruise, but I, I've only gone through the first level just because of time. But that game is just everything I love out of just all of their influences. And so it's perfect in my heart. I just wish it was longer, which, like, I mean, what can you ask for? It's a small indie studio, yeah. you know? But that DLC is, I think I see Arctic, is the cruise from the DLC? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, so, I know the DLCs should hopefully remedy a little bit of that. Maybe we should yeah, put a hat in time. They're going to do our another. next like, monthly playthrough. 
It gets so well, good. We have to it's figure good. out how to set it up, but oh, we should we should probably figure oh, out. Oh, and there's co-op now too. So oh, it's co-op. Yeah, uh, it just got introduced with a new update. How does that? Did you get a chance to try the co-op? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you just have a split screen, and one person runs around as Hat Kid, and the other player runs around as Bow Kid. Um, <laughs> what, what? Wait, what? Bow Kid? Yeah, she, her name's Bow Kid, and she's <laughs> also adorable and like great. And you can dance all smug with each other <laughs> if you awesome. mash up and down on the D-pad. That's you, awesome. You do this really smug dance. It's great. It's, it is honestly a game that I, I did a review for it like last year's in time, and. Again, at the time, I didn't know anything about the Kickstarter or anything like that. It was a completely new concept to me. And just the amount of whimsy that came out of it, and how absurd all the different worlds were, it drew me immediately. And then you get to that other, the one world where you meet, come across the ghost, like, sign this contract! It's like, uh, this game got really Snatcher. dark! Yeah, it's like, it was just such a weird, but pleasant game across the board. And I fell in love with it, like... I can't take enough praises for that game. It actually makes you kind of sad when you look at Ukulele. It's like people had this high hope for this game. It was going to be the next Badger Kazooie. And then you go to that stupid ice cave where you can't even properly roll on the bat ball. It was just a pain in the butt. And then you see Hat in Time, which I think I think more people knew about Ukulele than Hat in Time. Yeah. And you see that game, it's like, this is the game people should be playing, but no one's talking about it. That's, I, I was, I mean, it was the second highest selling game on Steam after Cuphead, I think. Really? Uh, or maybe, it was either second highest Steam game or second highest indie Steam game. But it was second to Cuphead because, of course, um, but the, like, I mean, Ukulele isn't a bad game, it's just really painfully mediocre. Um, and there's so many things that could have gone right, and there's so many things that were good, like the writing was hilarious, and yeah, I agree. the characters, uh, like like Trouser is like a great character concept. Um, do, you, do you think it's hard because they were working so, they were working towards uh, the look of something else, and, and like living up to this, um, you know, what they wanted it to, to be? Like what the players, um, what they had in their minds, do you think maybe the expectation was too high? I mean, it's not as good as Banjo. And if <laughs> yeah. it's not as good as Banjo, then it's maybe going to be disappointing. But there's just so many things that were like... There are like things that you can like fairly criticize. Like some things just felt really repetitive or like some of the platform was just unfair or things just felt kind of lifeless in the levels. Yeah, because um, like, I can definitely say when I was playing it, there were definitely genuine moments where I had enjoyed it. Like... Like, again, like dealing with the characters, every interaction with the characters was a lot of fun. I still enjoyed learning new moves and such, but there were just certain parts of the game where, like, you ever play a game where you die or you fail or whatever, and you find yourself going, oh, well, I guess I just happened to screw up. I'll get better, and next time I'll succeed. Versus those games where you play, it's like, what the heck? How did that even happen? Why did yeah. I just clip through the floor? Like, I'm telling you, there was this one section of the game you're, it's in the ice world, and you're trying to get one of the collectibles, and you have, you have to do the ball roll through this entire level inside of an ice cave in the dark. Well, so you eat fireflies, then roll around on it. And I died there for like a good two and a half hours of constantly trying to do it. And it was the controls. like It just wasn't responsive enough mm. to properly do it. It was enough to say I can't... like For as much as I like other parts of the game, stuff like this brings the entire product down. It hurts. Yeah, rolling just doesn't feel as good as Talentrot. Like, Talentrot feels great. Um, Banjo feels great. But uh, one thing, personally, I don't like backtracking absurd amounts. Mm -hmm. And Ukulele does that. 
Banjo-Tooie kind of does that. TK-64 does that really badly. <laughs> want those bananas? Not they're blue. Uh, no, I don't want those bananas. Not anymore, I don't. But uh, Banjo only has one instance of backtracking where you can either go to Frizzy Peak or Gobi's Desert. You can go to one of them before the other, and you need one ability to do... Like, both of them have an ability that you need to get a Jiggy in the other one. So speedrunning will like be like, oh, we'll get two Jiggies in Frizzy Peak, then go to Gobi's Desert, and then go back to Frizzy's. Whereas Tui makes you just go loops and loops around, and Ukulele does that too, and it's never been anything that I liked. Um, and hat in time, there's like one level where it's like, oh, you need the sprint hat, or no, you need like the time stop hat in order to get the last timepiece in the first world, but you don't actually need it, so speedrunners just like, nope, we're not gonna get it. Um, but bounce all these it, it doesn't feel awful to like, oh, I guess I can't win this race right now, I'll go explore the three other worlds that I can look at, and it doesn't feel terrible, because the HUD world is is like nice and tight and small. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, yeah, so the level design is tight, then maybe backtracking isn't as... Oh, waxing nostalgic. Yeah. This is what I'm all. This is what I'm in for. <laughs> this is what I'm in for, folks. Well, let's get into our next track then. Um, and I don't think I don't have any nostalgia for this game. In fact, I just learned about it. And this is the game called Opuna, or Apuna. Apuna. Apuna, for the Nintendo Wii. And this has a a stable of fantastic classic Nintendo composers on here. We have Hitoshi Sakamoto, Noriyuki Kamakura, Masaharu Iwata, Mitsuhiro Kaneda, Kimihiro Abe, and Manabu Namiki. Um, So just amazing composers here. This is a track called Bravo Company for the Nintendo Wii game Opuna. Opuna! 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 Listening to, so you're listening to Bravo Company from the game Opuna for the Nintendo Wii, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto, Noriyuki Kamakura, Masaharo Iwata, Mitsuhiro Kaneda, Kimihiro Abe, and Manabu Namiki. Um, and yeah, something about the horn section in this really made me feel like um, a little bit on that ogre battle tip. 
which is what you would get from Hitoshi Sakamoto. But and also, I like how the horn is almost、um, unexpected. The track is so electronic, and then there's this nice, this I don't know, this really nice melody that comes in with.、Um, I don't know if it's a trumpet or a saxophone, but it's a trumpet or a flugelhorn. Yeah, it's it's great. I think it sounds it sounds really clean and clear through the whole track. I don't know anything about this. I know it's an RPG.、Um, it's, I I played a little bit of it.、Oh, I、yeah. actually own it. Oh, you man, jealous! It's、uh, I picked it up sometime at GameStop, just used, but it's uh it's cute. It's really really hard to get into. It、mm. just I don't know, man. I don't know how far I got in. But I definitely didn't get that far because I know you can have like three party members, and I never got more than one. So would you、uh, say it was something that you just it just didn't gel with you in a way, or was it boring?、Hmm, it's I don't know. There's a lot of elements about it that are charming, but it's just I feel like you have to play it in order to understand why it's hard to get into because it, there's like this sort of. Like the beginning of the game, I think you start by crash landing into a planet, and then like you're separated from your siblings, and then you're like, "Hey, you're now part of this sort of like space colony sort of thing," and it's like kind of a cool space, like, like sort of big city thing, and like tunnels like, that go between different things. Like、But、you become like a like a sort of police officer or something, right? Or you help the space police or something. I don't even、like、remember. Your brother becomes like a wizard, and you see him. And he's like, "Hey, bro, I'm a wizard now." And like, he's just like, he's lounging around on like a, a a beach chair, and you're just like, you're like, you don't, your character doesn't talk, and he's just like, "Hi," and I'm like, "Oh, do I get the? Does he join my party now?" And no, not for who knows how long. He's got more、uh, wizarding to do. He can't join just yet. Yeah, I never, I never got him to join my party, and I think you have a sister. And I don't think I even saw the sister before I stopped playing. Like,、uh, I was actually that's, just that's checking、rough. eBay for the game because this is one of those games. It doesn't happen to me much, but most people know. I typically go out and buy games. And I want to say this game looks cool. I'll just grab it today and be done with it. So you know that it's in your collection and you can get back to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If I want to try it later, it's just a matter of picking it up and playing、oh, it. I'm the exact opposite. I'm like, I'll play that game next year. I'll wait till it's on sale. Here's the thing. This is the one of those times where I tried to do that. Oh. And it backfired because、uh, the game is, became hard to get,、uh, and of course, a game、yeah. that I don't buy at release becomes rare and expensive. <laughs> so it's almost like a curse.、Yeah. I have to buy everything, and the moment I decide to wait for something to get cheaper, it becomes like pricey or something. Yeah, and you're gonna use this as like, see, guys, you see, remember Opuna?、Yeah. This is what happens. <laughs> I, I picked it. I don't have the box for it. I just have a sleeve,、mm. and I picked it up.、Uh, I want to say like. Seven something years ago, I picked it up when I was like, still in high school or whatever.、Um, and it's, I would be like, if I didn't like it, I would just be like, hey, I, I'll give you my copy. But it's not, it's not bad enough that I'm like, I'm done with it. But it's not good enough that I'm like, really ready to get back into it.、Yeah. So it doesn't hop the line of other games that are currently in your queue. Are are RPGs、yeah. like、uh, in your wheelhouse? Do you do you enjoy?、Them? I. I really, I've played quite a number of RPGs, and I really enjoyed the ones that I played. Yeah.、Um, except for Tales of Exilia, which, yeah. But I, I love, I love Tales of Symphonia. I really like Graces. I played a bunch of other Tales games that are kind of yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.、Um, Xenoblade Chronicles is absolutely phenomenal. Did you、Persona、finish it? Four. I did, and not a ton of people did. But that game is amazing, and I want to play the second one. It's,、uh, it's so good. I just. It's so long. <laughs>、yeah. Especially if you're a completist like me. Like, yes, I still exactly. Play it. 
I did everything in that game except for beat the super bosses. So, yeah, I, I think almost 200 hours, I think, in that game. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a buddy that's a, right now to, that's put, a big one. to get you to get you kind of jazzed up where I have a buddy who still to this day is talking me up for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. He claims he dropped 550 or so hours into the game. What the? Yeah. Hey, there's that DLC was, now, too. Yeah, so he's going to be playing that. <sighs> but I've heard the DLC is fairly short. Like, we're talking like a 12 to 20 hour. Short for RPGs, anyway. Right. Oh, 12 to 20 bad. hour run. Hmm. Um, but at least it comes on his own cart and stuff. So you'll need to have, like, the original game in order to play it. You can just boot it up directly. Um, but, yeah, I, I bought Xenoblade Chronicles 1 the day it came out. And I've been playing it off and on ever since. Xenoblade Chronicles is the only reason my Wii is still hooked up to my television. Set I was right wondering because we, when you just finish it, yeah, <laughs> I have to I commit. Good. I gotta commit. So, it's so good. When we were organizing <laughs> like your living room, like that's the reason it was still there. Yes, for Xenoblade Chronicles, it's there. It's so good. Finish it. It really <laughs> is. And the other thing that's weird about the game is like again, due to the fact that it's such a slow crawl for me, I walk away for months. And then come back to play again, mm -hmm. and you know how complicated that battle system can be with having to juggle the daze effects and the you have to worry about what. Okay, he had, he saw the vision. The guy's going to do something. How do you stop it? I haven't played in six months, so I have no idea how I stopped the vision from happening. I, so, oh, that one you have to. I feel like you can only stop it if you're being Shulk, really. But I like to play tanks and everything I do. So, so it's rhyme time for you. Yeah. Rhyme time, baby! Yeah. That's right! Uh, <laughs> I love that voice. So, or Ricky, but Ricky's less... He's better. He's a better tank, but not even overtly as tanky. Especially because you, like, run around and hit people from behind. Honestly, just find myself just cycling through my abilities uh, and not thinking too hard about it, mm -hmm. so... Well, also, I feel like I haven't done that ton with Ricky, but I just feel like, in general, it works. You can't have Shulk without Rhyme. Because they have all their skills complement each other so well, like between uh, like the bone upper backslash, and like basically just I don't know I can't even go through them. Basically, Shulk I feel like can they, do anything. He really Shulk can, can. Uh, especially late game. There's like a whole tier list, and Ryan's not apparently very high on it. But like Shulk can do anything and everything you need. Ricky can do pretty much anything you need to. But uh, especially because Shulk has the ability to like stop visions. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you kind of get over leveled doing side quests and then it's not as big of a deal so yeah but ryan comes with a clock i mean you can't you can't it's time baby that's right you can't you can't <laughs> say you can't say to that you can't spell oh, what is it uh he says you can't spell rainbow without ryan <laughs> <laughs> and he also says brawn over brains any day or something like that Oh man! I, see now, see I might go home and play that tonight. That's what, that's Do what it. you guys did to yeah, me. And then you're gonna do it. It's so good. Not get any sleep. The music, Probably. the music is so good too. It really is. Yeah, we, we played. Say my, oh, you'll know our names. We played some music yeah. uh, the last episode. We played from. Uh, that was from Chronicles X. No, no, it was Chronicles okay. 2. It was Chronicles. It was Chronicles One. It was the prologue. Prologue music. Yeah, yeah the prologue. prologue. But right, the the the. the <laughs> The artwork I put on the website was from Chronicles 2 yeah. with my cat uh -oh. in the background as a monster. <laughs> it was a good it was a good image for sure. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's let's keep it on rolling. Cause you gave me a whole bunch of tracks I'm always from two different games. So I just got them all and lined them up and we're just gonna we're gonna I'm dig dig in Pernell's grab bag. <laughs> and that's as dirty as this show's gonna get. What you got? <laughs> Stop it, you <laughs> Um I'm gonna say Okay, I have two tracks. One that definitely features actual horn, and another one that I kind of feel 
is what they wanted a horn to sound like on the hardware. <laughs> okay. So oh, no. I'm going to go with the latter first. Okay, good. So <laughs> that comes from the game Final Fantasy IV. All right. And the track title is Hey Sid, i.e. Sid's theme from the game. All right. And it's composed by our buddy Nobuo Uematsu. I hope he gets better. Yeah. You and me both, man. That's a shame. Welcome back. You are jamming out to Hey Sid or Hey Sid from the game Final <laughs> I like Garfield and Friends as a kid. It's my thing. From the game Final Fantasy IV composed by Nobuo Uematsu. So listeners might be going, oh, that's kind of an easy choice. Now why the heck would you pick Sid's theme from a Final Fantasy game? And to you I would say, <laughs> stop talking because you have nothing to talk okay, about. But, but why, this, why this theme? Well, for one, for the purpose of the theme of or, the or, episode. Rather, right from this episode. Right from this Game, game in the series. Game? Yeah. Well, I'm going to outright point out saying that Sid, not only is he the best Sid to ever Sid a Sid in the series, he's a pretty good Sid. But this track is beast. Why is he so great? This guy jumped out of an airship that was many, many, many miles off the ground from an airship to the ground and then on the way down detonated a bomb. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he survived somehow. And then was like, you know, I can still fight a little bit in the later version of the game. In the, in the early, in the original version, he kind of was like, oh, you're just going to hang out and rest up. But later version, you can get him back in your party. But he did some crazy stuff throughout this game to the point where it's like, you can't, there's no one better. No other, I can't think of a, a Final Fantasy character that survived, mind you. That sacrifice in the way that this guy did. That was some stuff. And like classic Sid, like in all of the games, there's always that Sid character, usually yep. right in the airship. But like they're always, they've always got kind of a, like a style to them, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and the music is, it kind of fits that. So in this one, it's definitely got that kind of. He's a happy, oomph. bearded mechanic. Yeah, yeah, it's very upbeat. He has the best smile. <laughs> yes, he does, right? And he has that cool helmet with the goggles. Yeah. It's just so good. And then if you were one of those people that got really into Final Fantasy Record Keeper on the uh, on the mobile platform, this was the music that would play when you were in the inventory weapon customization screen. So it even yeah, made that awesome. The, the, the original yeah, this like, track. SNES arrangement. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice. So it was just Jimmy. It was fantastic. Like so, the fact that we had this jaunt, this theme, I was like, you know, this will be a perfect opportunity to play Sid's theme. Yeah, the, let me get that out there. This is probably the the oldest track we're having on the show today. Yeah, and I feel like I think this is a good valid mm. point. Like, would you guys say that this sounds like 
an attempted, you know, oh. horn sound. This is definitely like a SNES trumpet thing. Yeah, yes. definitely. I think a lot of like the the, the Final Fantasy fanfare and um, those big those big moments that um, Uematsu created was I think I think he had horns in mind or at least something at least the trumpet sounded um, like a voice to him. You know, it's it's very lyrical. You can imagine lyrics to to some of the songs. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I like it. I like the song a it, lot. It's very adventurous, and I think especially with Sid's personality, yeah. it's because a lot of the other things in that game. I haven't played it, and my sister's working on it right now. But a lot of other things can be kind of glum, from what I can tell. Yeah, that um, game had a lot of depressing moments to it. A lot of betrayal. A lot of I thought you were deads, um, but. Throughout it all, it's such a... You said you've never had a chance to play it yourself, aside from, like, when you said your sister's playing it? Yeah, she's playing the, the, the DS, or the 3DS remake. I don't remember which one it is. Um, and I've, I've kind of backseated her in some of it, uh, but not really had much time to it myself. I can definitely say, if the time, if the ability to squeeze it in at some point ever becomes a factor, maybe if it's even, like, biggie, like piggybacking up, like, one of her older save files or something. It's... This game is up like we're up to like Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, four and yep. six are still like my then, top two, and then like the DLC like like episodes after that. Ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm replaying ten. Um, we're it's my favorite. It's my favorite Final Fantasy. Have you played four yet? Oh, this one? Yeah, it's been a very long time. Gotta try it again. It was this one, and maybe it was six. I forget. Was it this one that had like a like a two player mode where the other person can um, control some of the other characters during battles? Maybe it was six. Six I might have had that opportunity. Don't remember that? We did that a lot in um in high school. It might have been high. six because I know I definitely have played one where like someone was using player two's mm. controller and you could control other characters. Yeah, we played this. I remember playing this a lot at a friend's house when we were waiting for like Final Fantasy VII to come out. I was really excited about that. Um, but no, when early my early days, I was not RPG guy, so not, not a whole lot of experience with the series. Six, I have a lot more experience with. I'm just grateful my dad was really bad at Christmas shopping. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have been either. Oh, because he got got me the wrong game. <laughs> he got me Final Fantasy instead of Final Fantasy Adventure. Oh. Huh. That's so, how it happened. So then you got into Final Fantasy. That's how I got into Final Fantasy. Um, I couldn't take it back to the store. <laughs> so, so before we um, we move on to our next tracks, I wanted to ask you about um, what you like about the, the trombone, like how you got into it, and, and how it maybe how it informs your compositions. Um, I picked the trombone in fourth grade so I could poke people with it. Nice. I did not really solid it. reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know, I got pretty good at it, but I like the trombone, especially bass trombone, because there's a lot of power and heft to it, and it can be really lyrical, and it can be really powerful, uh, it can be sonorous, it can do pretty much anything, but a lot of people, a lot of people who don't know really anything about music will just kind of think of the wah, wah, uh, which is a little unfortunate, but there's, yeah. there's so much that can be done with it, um, and I guess in terms of how it affects my composition, uh... Ironically, I don't like writing for trombone because then I feel like I have to record it myself and then it's like out of tune and I'm like, no, I have to do so much post work with it. But, <laughs> it's, uh, but you know it'll be perfect if you do it. Uh, if anything, it's less than perfect because <laughs> I do it. Um, but, you know, I, I know obviously what its range is and what it's capable of. Mm -hmm. So uh, as long as I don't write anything that I... I used to be pretty dang good and now I don't practice anymore, so... Now I just feel bad whenever I write anything that's kind of out of my comfort zone. 
Time to take a step back, then you never know. Get the band back together. And by that, I mean you. Yeah. <laughs> Give it another go. Well, that's good. I feel like um, a lot of other um, musicians and composers we've got on the show have, have like one instrument like they, that they're really familiar with and that um, they tend to start their compositions on or when they write, they, they imagine those instruments in their mind. In my For case, sure. still the jugs. Yeah, I still play jugs. You play jugs, I'll play spoons. That's right, Jugsy uh, Spoonie. That's right. right. Best good. band ever. I, I learned every orchestra band instrument. Uh, I did not learn the jug or the spoon. <laughs> oh come on, man! It's, well, I think I, I could pick up jugs pretty quick. You know, though. it's sad that they didn't offer that in your school. Um, yeah. yeah. One credit up. course for jugs and spoons. <laughs> <laughs> On top of my class. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with the next track. This is from the super super silly PlayStation One game, Incredible Crisis. Ooh. One of those just weird covers that I picked up. Is it Etsuko and the Golden Pig? Um, no, I didn't play pick that one. This one's no. called The Tense Teacher, oh. um, and this is uh, written and performed by the Tokyo Scott Orchestra. And yeah, this this takes place for, during a very fun part of the game. So here we go. back that was the tense teacher from incredible crisis for the sony playstation performed by the tokyo ska orchestra and yeah that's a good one i really really enjoy that one this this game is just one of those just weird 
it's like a series of of mini games it's episodic and tells the story of a guy who goes to work and then suddenly um, aliens attack oh boy the, it doesn't yeah. even quite start that way it, even start, it just way. escalates it just escalates like, like he's he goes to work and they have to do calisthenics with music playing it's a rhythm game and then suddenly I think he falls out of the building and he has to like oh my goodness and he has to like walk on a tightrope and it's like a it's like a weird like all these like weird little mini games and then at one point he becomes like an undercover agent or something and he gets on a ferris wheel with this woman who's not his wife and has to give her a massage and, oh no! And it's, a, it's just a, a wacky. But you're also forgetting it's not even just wacky him. Japanese it's his game. entire family. His whole family. So once you finish his story, then you play as the daughter. She has to like escape school, and so and when this music's playing, she's uh she's in class, and she has to go save her father, or her mother from the aliens, and so she's hiding behind chairs because if the teacher sees you, he throws chalk at you and like whip, like, <laughs> like knocks out like kids in the classroom and stuff. It's so funny. And I can't remember, but for some so reason funny. there's a point where the mom has to like steal an like a antique golden pig from like a bank vault or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I saw the, the track name, but I haven't it's been so long since I played this game, but it was just, I saw the, like the cover when I was working at like an electronics boutique or something, and I was like, this looks really funny and then I put it in and the music starts playing and then it becomes a rhythm game and it becomes something else. It's just it's so bizarre. I couldn't help but love it. I can definitely say if you're a horn man, if you're a horn person, and you like this track, and you've never heard of Incredible Crisis before now, you're about to open up to a world of awesome listening. Because this whole, this entire OST. Yeah, if there's some, if there's some let's plays online, they're really worth looking at because it's a silly game with a really fun soundtrack. Really. Yeah, fun. I, I've, I haven't played it either, but I'm getting like Parappa vibes. Yes. Um, it. I, I, I just kind of briefly Googled this game, and I've not heard of it before, but it definitely looks really silly, uh, and I might want to look into that later. Yes. Uh, it's it, definitely that era of, like, Parappa, where I feel they, they were taking chances with, like, really just crazier ideas that, that just for a time after that, I just you weren't seeing much of it anymore. I'm just going to throw this out there. In the event that you end up taking a chance on it, I know it's the likely it could be either here or there, but if you end up giving it a shot, you'll have to let us know what you think of it because it will be interesting to get a fresh perspective on how this game is yeah, to somebody. I want to try it again, see if it like if it still makes me smile the way it did when I first played it. It was like so a level strange. where either the son or the dad was riding a bike and escaping from a like construction crane. Yeah, he was um he was on a, a a hospital stretcher and he had to like weave through cars. Oh, it was a stretcher. Yeah, it was a stretcher. It's so strange. It was quite the I incredible crisis. Yeah, I need to check this game it's out. It's so, but yeah, it's so cheesy, like like old PlayStation, like low poly type graphics. But it just makes you love it that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, all the, the the entire soundtrack is the Tokyo Ska Orchestra, and I, I don't know if they're still doing stuff, but they have like, a few albums, and it's good. It's all crazy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, they jam. Yeah, mm-hmm. good jams. Um, all right, so we are. Doom, 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 doom. So, um, what is your uh, second track that you like uh, to play? I wanted to pick things that were widely different to show just kind of the flexibility of what can be done with low brass and stuff. So, uh, I went with something from Banner Saga, and I tried to find something that at least showcased that sort of brassiness, because the first track's like 49 seconds, and I was like, I should pick something longer than that, probably. Yeah. Alright, so this is um, called Little Did They Sleep for the Banner Saga, and this is composed by Austin Winery. Who's um, award-winning um, soundtrack for the uh, the game Journey? Right, this is fantastic. 
So let's go. This is Little Did They Sleep from the Banner Saga. That was Little Did They Sleep from The Banner Saga. And that is composed by Austin Wintery. That is fantastic. That That is, that sets such a mood um, in one piece of music. That was really good. So yeah, thanks for bringing that to us. Yeah. Hmm. I think that he has really gorgeous writing and it can get very um, expression, uh, a lot of expression out of yeah. his writing. Um, and where his journey is only strings and a little bit of like flute and stuff, this is very brass heavy, hmm. um, and it has this sort of forlorn kind of suffering kind of journey that you have to go through and not get wiped out by stone golems. Yeah, I was prepared to make like a random joke, like yeah, no wonder they couldn't sleep with all that racket. But actually, that would not be a feasible joke for this because in reality. This seems like at the real situation is like they are weighted with very heavy thoughts and choices, and it's that's a very tense game. Whew. Did yeah, you I'm play actually... through the entire set of games? I think there was like some. Like, did you play through all three of them? No, I have only played through the first one. But after that one, I was like, I have to get the second one. I just I haven't gotten around to picking them up because the backlog. Oh, trust me, <laughs> trust me, friend, me. You and I in backlog would get along very well. <laughs> That's the suffering I'm going through now. But would you, so you it sounds to me like you'd recommend this joining my backlog though. Uh yeah, the um at least from what I've played of the first game, I was it has a kind of slow start, but once it gets going, I was like I was pretty gripped. Um and it it so people kind of recognize it for this sort of fire emblem-esque combat, 
but a lot of the game is sort of like this choose your own adventure where you have this and like you have this caravan and you're like literally um pilgriming to escape these golems called the dredge where they just kind of come back from the north for no apparent reason so far and like as you journey you you see like oh you see some farmers and like what do you do and you're like you have them join you you trade you buy their food you like ransack their stuff or you um i don't know just like ignore them and so you have different choices and sometimes you can be like oh yeah they join you and now you have more warriors or sometimes you'll be like oh like in the the next morning they disappeared and so is half your food supply oh like, uh, yeah so it's weighty so, choices like that wow yeah it's it's really good um if you if that you like that sort of thing oh i like and, that sort of thing yeah yeah so i like the, i like the art style too it's it's very different um, it doesn't doesn't feel doesn't doesn't have that video game style to it. It's much more illustrated. It's very neat. Yeah, the all in all, like the UI and everything. Of course, like the character portraits, but like especially the UI, I find is just stunning. And ah, mm. oh, it's uh, when I eventually get the second game, I I can't wait to sink into it. Actually, I kind of feel like I want to ask this now because I think we're I think we have this sort of show bond going here. What would you say some of your backlog titles are? Like ones that you're like, these oh. are prominently in the front. I need to get time for these, but someday. Let's see. Uh, right now, the two things I feel like are particularly in front because friends purchased them for me. Mm. Dark Souls. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and the third game in the in the, the the Zero Time Dilemma, I believe that's the third game. Zero Time Dilemma, yeah. I haven't yes. even played Virtue's Last Reward yet. Oh, do you play 999? Oh, I've played 999. That game okay. is legit. It took me six years to get to VLR, but when I got into it, I got into it. Oh, boy, you're in for something. Would you say it's probably the better game than 99? I mean, obviously, you're both great. Oh, I I can't say a better or a worse between the two. They're different. That's all I that's all I'll say. And I don't obviously I don't want to spoil anything because that game has a lot. But um. Yeah, that, that you're in for something. As is um, might be worth asking then too, because obviously this is going to relate to my experience. So, say it took you a while to get to playing, get around to playing Virtue's Last Reward. So I'm going to assume that your memory of 999 was probably just whatever you carried over, because of course the plot yeah. was very convoluted, but it had its moments. But would you say you were able to do well with enjoying Virtue's Last Reward as far as plot oh, goes, sure. without having a total memory of the first game? Yeah, I have a I have a designated expert friend who I I just kind of spew my theories at while I'm playing or freak out at whenever something crazy happens, and so they're freakishly good at remembering things. I'm sure they kind of buried themselves in a lot of the sort of knowledge and whatnot. Um, but um, you don't need. It's a kind of game that you don't need to play nine 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 to enjoy, but it's definitely like there are definitely ties to the first game. And so, if you have played Nine Nine Nine, then you're just like ah, a lot of the times. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to get in with that. I have it on the Vita along with the Zero Time Dilemma and that wacky watch. But I'm going to ask. This is a random follow up, though. Have you played uh, the Dong and Rompa games? No, it's on my list. It's hey, on my wish list. Yes, as long as it's on the list, at least. That's my. Sh- this the whole show, man. Like hey, the Pernell, top of wish list. What game do you like? I like this game. Have you played it yet? No. You should play it. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played these games? Yeah. No. Do you own but, it? Maybe. 
The, the top of my wish list on Steam is Nier Automata, which I want to play the first yeah, Nier for, yeah. but I know that everyone complains that uh, there's a whole thing about that. Yeah, I haven't uh, played Nier either, but I would like to. I'm it, in the same yeah. Everything I've heard about that is is, uh, is amazing, and the music, the music is, I've is heard is so good. So good. I don't want to listen to it because of spoilers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, Danganronpa 1 and 2. I know the third one came out too, but uh, Pyre also is up there because yeah. I love Bastion and, and um, Transistor. Mm. Banner Saga 2. Uh, Tekken 7. There's so many games. Oh. It's just too many. Did you, too put a, many did you just put a, did you say Tekken 7? You put a fighting game up there. Oh, I'm really into fighting games. If that, oh, that's I know Rob's that world. I haven't, really? Yeah, I, I, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm not much of a video gamer. I just play like one or two games a whole lot. And one yeah. of them is, is Street Fighter and the other one's Dance Dance Revolution. And that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which Street Fighter do you uh, play the most? Um, well, I, I played three a whole lot. And then, yeah, that makes sense. And then when four came out, I played that obsessively, and now five's out, and that's the only reason I have a PlayStation. So <laughs> that, that's what I'm doing. He actually did buy the PS4 and like one of those awesome like arcade controllers yeah, solely just, for that game. Yeah, I had to get a new one. So um, yeah, no, I love it, and I'm a, yeah, I'm definitely a stick player. Um, I yeah. love it. I love it. Are you? I'm like. I just I'm just like knee deep in a bunch of fighting games. My my biggest one right now is I guess melee. I'm not a, oh. I'm not the the stereotypical melee player that I'm sure you think about. But Final uh, and I'm not even amazing. I play Luigi. I'm not great, but I'm really excited for Ultimate. I think about that game every day. Ditto. Um, I got to try it a little bit last week, and I what else? I play Street Fighter, Tekken, Guilty Gear, Plays Blue. Yeah. What do I not play is the real question. <laughs> Long as Guilty Gear made the list, Injustice. I'm content. Do you, do you Arcana Heart 3, maybe? I play Grapplers and everything, and no, yeah, I haven't played Arcana Heart yet. It, yeah, so it. you know, you know exactly who I play in every game that I've mentioned so far. Well, actually, not Tekken. That one's a little off. A little off, but yeah. Just partial so, off. So, yeah, because in Street Fighter 4, I mained Abel. Did you, oh, did, yeah. you, did you play Geef or did you play... I played uh, Geef, I played Abel, I kind of played Goken. I, back when I played 4, I didn't, like, my friends and I didn't know things. We just kind of were, like, scrubbing, but, like, we knew at least some of the special moves and kind of had... Uh, but we weren't good. In 5, I played Birdie first. I picked up Geek, Geef. I uh, picked up Abigail, who is honestly stupid, but he's <laughs> fun. He's like I the don't entire play... screen. Uh, I play characters who weigh over like 300 pounds in every game. I play, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like the character has to sort of like the character um, like style and artwork has to really kind of pull me into it, which is why I got into Abel because I really loved his design and the way he fought. Like all of his like moves where he would like throw he would like throw people in the air and slam them really hard. Yeah. Um, but then when Five came out, there wasn't. There's no Abel. There was no Abel. There was no uh, character that really kind of drew me in. So I decided to to completely force myself to play a different game and I mean Cammy. So I'm complete Oh wow. I'm complete rush down, like low health. I mean not that Abel had a lot of health, but like That's yeah. not my style at yeah. all. And it's I'm I'm having a blast with it, but uh, is rush down basically when you just kind of give the person no room to breathe and you're just yeah. constantly on them? Yeah. Yeah, it's all frame traps and just buttons, 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 buttons. That's and, my style yeah. of play too. Yeah. The difference being that I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Fantasy Strike? Because that's a game that I'm pretty into. It's So Fantasy Strike is designed to be a fighting game that is very accessible, but also it's... So it's either really good for entering, mm -hmm. but it's also really good for kind of being the center ground for all the other players. So, you know, you could be like, I'm the best Guilty Gear player, and someone can be like, I'm the best tech... Like, I'm the best uh, Street Fighter player. And obviously you'll lose in the other person's game, but Fantasy Strike is ideally, like, a really good middle ground. 
Grappler oh. is phenomenally fun, but oh my god, the zoners just feel really good. And there's the there there's one rushdown character who is the most like oppressive. There's two rushdowns, but one of them feels more bonkers than the other. Well, as the one as the primary fighting game that I play, even though again I'm not that great at, it, I am going to ask you who do you main in Guilty Gear? Potemkin, of course. Oh yeah. Oh, makes sense. You said you grapple. Yeah. yeah. Potemkin's I, been one of the coolest characters since the beginning. So I have I got Reload when it first came on Steam, and now I have uh, Accent Core Plus R. I don't own any of the Exerd ones, but when I did play a little bit of it, I thought Leo Whitefang was really cool, and I did not get any time with Kum Heihyun, who also seems kind of my jam. Fantasy Mercy. Strike. Okay, yeah, this is where the um, the inputs are, are much are simplified, so that it's more of a mm-hmm. level playing field, and it's and you're really playing more of a one on one, yeah, level playing. It's field. more That's about so the skill cool. level, not the actual yeah. how, how well you put the button inputs. Yeah, in. yeah like, yes. like where it's, like in how game, smart are you? Yeah, Street Fighter and Tekken, all these games. Like it's not until you get past that learning curve of all the characters and the special moves and how the game works, then you can get into the mind games. This Absolutely. is like let's take away all of that and just make it mind games. That's probably how, yeah. like, Blade Strangers is, too, but I haven't played that to know for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because the guys who made this game, um, Serlin Games, um, they made a game called Yomi, which is a card game. Yes. And Yomi means reading the opponent's mind. And then they made... Because Yomi is the card game of fighting games. So then they made the fighting game of the card games of fighting games. <laughs> so um, Yomi is also incredible. And yeah, I, I didn't really realize that was them, too. Open. That's so cool. Yeah, I hope the next 10 characters eventually make it, but, like, you know, how funding and all that fun yeah. stuff is, so. Oh, that's so neat. Uh, we got we to yeah. try Yomi. Me and Pernell are our big uh, board game board game players. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too, dude. All right, well, let's... let's... love games so I know. <laughs> Just games are so good. <laughs> that's why we... This is a... This is why we had a great setup here. We're all chatting. This is what I like. Yeah. Where we all love the stuff. And we just get into it. Like, it's nice, yes. meaty dialogue. Except, except for your stuff. Your, your stuff is the worst. Uh, whoa, now. Let's <laughs> Simon's quest. Ah. Hey! Hey, I played through it. It was it was a challenge. I, did, I beat it. Uh, it took me, for like, four hours, surprisingly. Did you have fun playing it? Yes! Like Okay, good. Simon's quest, I will say... I will say that I will say the uh, I think the video game nerd gave it a harsher oh, impression than yeah. it oh, deserves. I, sh- I guess so. He like it things- was challenging. Don't get me wrong. That whole left to right system and like going underground to go to a town that is kind of weird. Just I'll di- admit, difficulty is different. And there's the Nintendo difficulty is just it's just it's just general. It's, it's hard in a different way, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, but I did learn like from playing it anew recently. Continues aren't so bad because I mean you die you pretty much get dumped like if you die in a mansion you can start at the beginning of the mansion yeah you don't lose a whole lot like I mean if you're on the ground to start I think you start at the primary town like the very first town again mm-hmm. but uh, essentially it is Castlevania one with mobility all right hold on now, I want this back how is Star Tropics because you finished that right yeah that was a, for the record oh yeah that was your first time playing through I never played Star Tropics until last week or a week or two ago. And uh, for we have a, the group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat where we like a lot of retro games we try to play. And Star Tropics was the one for September. Never played it before. The fact that that game does not come up in Nintendo Heart dialogue more often is a travesty. 
Because that game, there are some jerk moves that take place in that thing. The fact that you have to tap the button once to change direction and then again to walk, that is crazy. Uh, yeah, for an action game, it's just ridiculous. It throws me off. And then the fact that if there's like those, you're on those little elevated platforms, you can't walk. You have to hop. And there are a lot of puzzles that bake on them. Like, well, now the floor is falling apart. How do you get out of the room? Just hope you land on the right plop, yeah. and then find the other plop that it triggers, and then open the door across the room. Like, no. Oh, it, goodness. It is hokum-malokum on it's, the difficulty, but, but it's fun. It, but it's cute, and the music's good. Whoa, I don't know if I'd even give it cute. Maybe cute. That, maybe that little it's island lady, the old island people are like, I'm 150 years old. I'm the oldest islander here. Like, that's probably cute. I'll give it oh, that. that's cute. I but like it. it's all just evil. And then you get to the last stage, which, by the way... People like to talk up Ninja Gaiden's difficulty on the last stage. Aside from the whole final boss sending you back bit, mm. no, Star Tropics' <laughs> last level is harder than Ninja Gaiden's last level. Any of the Ninja Gaiden games from one through three, and I'll bank on that statement. Mm. I'm standing by right, it. Let's go to let's go to, to let's go to now. Let's now go <laughs> let's to let's go to word. A, um, words coming out of my mouth. Let's go to a. A classic game that you love. Oh, you bet, boy And this is your next pick, your final pick. A fi- another situation where the jo- the topic made this a perfect selection. Yes. This is from the game Guardian Heroes, and the track title is Jazzy Sabotage, composed by Katsuhiko Suzuki and Norio Hanzawa. Yeah, You're going to love it if you never heard classic it. Classic treasure composer. I'm so excited. Not, uh, not so squared Suzuki and uh, Norio, a.k.a. Kazuo Hanzawa. Just amazing composers. I mean, this is, we got some awesome, amazing picks on this episode. This is a gym, man. Yeah. All right. Welcome back. You just rocked out to Jazzy Sabotage from the game Guardian <laughs> Heroes, composed by Kasuhiko Suzuki and Norio Hanzawa. So you say you rocked out to Jazzy Sabotage. That's right. Yeah. This track, man, 
has been on my favorites list forever. Like from the moment I first played this game, the entire OST is just legit. It's but wild. This it beast. If it sound, it does. It sound. It sounds. It's got that treasure sound of Kazuo Hanzawa's um, Gunstar Heroes, mm-hmm. but with guitars and, and horns. And here's the thing, though. It's like, cool. <laughs> you were listening. Yeah. You, I bet you both were like, where are the horns? What's going on with this? And then when the horns finally show up, they just pretty much take control. They're like, step back, fellas. I own this track now. <laughs> yeah. At least for a while. And it's just... Oh, you know, he take, he, the, 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 the horns go right up to the end and, and up into that last... That last little section there was just all over. Hard to believe in a sense that this track is played to the tune of warriors with swords yeah. and shields beating the tar so, out of so grass Gu- monsters. Gu- Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn is one of those beat-em-ups, but it's with, like, swords and... Swords and swords. It's got a level-up RPG-esque like system. And, it's a, Yeah, it's a cool game. But. It's probably... A lot of people like to bring up, like, Final Fight and stuff like that. Guardian Heroes is my number one beat-em-up. Has been, always, probably will be. Deserves the spot. <laughs> but have you ever played this game before, Mitchell? No, um, I don't think this is for Saturn. You said, yeah. Though it did um, get a, a, a Xbox Live Arcade port, which I think is backwards compatible on the one. All right, so I never owned an Xbox. I, my cousin had a Genesis, but we never got a Saturn. But uh, everything about this song just screams '90s arcade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the saxophone, the saxophone's wailing just reminds me also of the newest Mario Kart and just like some of those DLC tracks and whatnot. Mm, but yes, it is. It's one of those wailing saxophones that just. Uh, I mean, like just. I haven't played this game, but like this sort of style makes me think of like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and <laughs> yeah. other games of that era. It is arcade 90s. Yeah, I feel nutshell. yeah Capcom and Sega in the in the 90s, early 2000s. Like I think they got obsessed with this kind of like oh it's it's almost like a cool jazz but sped up you know kind of sound. I'm really into it. I remember when like Marvel Capcom 2 first came out and people were actually. Initially, kind of down on the OST. Oh yeah, people and, still are. No, as I like quite I, the well, contrary. I, saw, I mean, I'm going down on two. Yeah, I'll take you for oh, a ride. Take you for a ride. <laughs> yeah, now, it survived the test of time. Now people revere it, but back yeah. in the day, people were like, well, the same thing was like when um, when Third Strike came out. I was really into Street Fighter Three Third Strike because I was like, oh, the soundtrack is so cool. There's all this, this really neat rap music in it that no one really got into. Like no one, like no one was doing at the time. And people are like, oh, it's got rap music in the game. I'm like, what? Like, like they, they just want to hear the same old melodies. And But that's the thing. That's exactly it. People generally like what they're comfortable with. Mm. If you give them something, just keep giving it to them, and they're going to keep liking it. So you tried to shake it up a bit. Like, think of Streets of Rage 3. You talk about that a lot. How people tend to look down on the Streets of Rage 3 OST as being the worst in the series. But it really is just the most different. Yes. He goes way in left field, and if you listen to those tracks today, preferably away from the game's scope, because it doesn't tell you get the bias out of your head, the tracks hold up better than people. a lot of people gave them credit yeah, for. Yeah, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3 have, like, I feel like the, the direction went further and further and further out until with the third in the series, um, he, uh, uh, Yuzo Koshiro, I felt like, just, just was like, all right, let's just go for it. And he created, like, he programmed a whole bunch of, like, randomized patterns and, um, it was really neat, and the, the poets, the poets too, is on poets that. Poets too is on that, and so that's yeah, that's a good example of taking things in a completely far field direction and going nuts with it. 
this is a great direction. Um, we've had a lot of different types of music on this today's episode. We might have to do another topic episode <laughs> later. Just just say solely saxophone. Though <laughs> so I don't even know how that there's, would work. There's definitely enough music out there that you could just do saxophone. It's just the saxophone. Yeah, we could do like a sexy saxophone episode. I'd be into it. Huh. There um, it is. It'd be so cool. All right, so I'm gonna turn this track down, and we're gonna get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round. Bonus I have one more song. round. <laughs> yeah. I, I used only to pick two songs so far. That's okay. Well, we, okay. We, we 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 all we only pick one song. We For, do we do two songs initially, yeah. and then the bonus uh, round we do our we, remix for cover. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah, it's just the end of it. Um, that's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, the bonus round is the part of the show where we play uh, covers and remixes and arrangements uh, based on our theme. And our theme this week is horns and trombones and trumpets, horn instruments, brass instruments, magic instruments, magical instruments. Uh, Mitchell, what what do you have for us? Um, so originally, I wanted to do the the King Dedede's theme from Brawl, which mm-hmm. is arranged by Yoko Shimomura, but uh, I realize that there is a much more culturally significant song that I think will rock the centuries to come. Um, and so I decided to pick a ska cover of the Me Channel. Yes. Oops. That shocked uh, Rob so much. Yeah, I dropped he my just mouse. dropped the mouse. <laughs> dropped the mouse. Uh, I think it's by Skatoon Network, so I don't feel bad about not crediting whoever did it. We will we will have um, updates on the website because I don't have it in front of me either.
was the Me Channel Ska Jazz cover from Ska Tune Network, and we'll have links to their music um, on our website. But yeah, you were saying um, that the Me Channel <laughs> music is just, it's just all over. It just sticks in your brain. It's like he, said, he was saying, it was it's culturally significant it in the sense that like when the Wii was hot off the presses, it was... Probably, I still think it may be well have been the most popular game console to have released that isn't like the classic NES, like because it hit all bases, like it hit everybody. But yeah. one of the major components of using the Wii was making that first me <laughs> and going through the process of giving them googly eyes or some people giving them a, a butt face, all mm. kinds of weird stuff came out of the me channel. That was the um, that was my experience with the Xbox 360 was making the little avatar for my guy. There, that's where that stemmed from. Mm. The Mies became so popular that Microsoft was like, you know, well, we have avatars. You want to make those too? We can give them sneakers. But <laughs> did they have the music? They no, did no. not. I love that. <laughs> I love that song. Not. This is so a great, then, great cover just, of it. It was an inferior then, product without that Me Channel jam. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, man. So one, Xbox Mies are then significantly inferior just because there's no music but i was also very very sad that the switch doesn't have the me music when you make your own me oh, yeah it is so. kind of sad they should have kept it rolling it would have been perfect i what? feel like the me's in general they... have gotten a lot less love on the switch like they kind of like backburned them yeah it's definitely it was much much bigger on the wii and i mean i didn't have a wii u as many people did not so do you think the um that. Uh, like, like that kind of avatar customization sort of, is sort of falling by the wayside? Because I mean, I don't know what it's like on the Xbox One, but like on, on PlayStation, it's just I went on there and it just picked up my name and I linked it to my Facebook and it's just my face on there. And like, I Xbox don't know. One did the uh, same thing. You like, know what I get on there? I get spam. I get spam all over my, my PlayStation. I get people saying, "Hey, you want to chat?" And I'm like, "I don't know who you are." <laughs> well, clearly they want to chat and tell you. If you just accepted the invite. It's only car insurance or something. <laughs> no, but I feel like you are right in the sense that they've taken the back burner because Nintendo did it, Microsoft came with avatars. And then when the next when the Wii U came out, Mii's were still there, but the 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 back kicking had already started. Like we had occasional love like where um Mario Kart seven now Mario Kart eight had a Mii character you could use in the game and Smash Bros. had the Mii Fighters. Oh, yeah. But Mies even back in Mario Kart Wii. Huh? You could oh, you use, could? You could use Mies back in Mario Kart Wii. Oh, you're right. You're right. See, I didn't even remember that. I think the Mii Fighters were also on Smash Brothers on the Wii. Uh, no, they weren't. They, they weren't? Four. So they were. Okay. In that case, in they did come they were. In. Nice. In that case, now I was right about that, but I was off on the cart. But, uh, like, those, aside from, like, certain games having them, as far as, like, the main screen and all went... There was, as I said about now, there was the Mii Plaza. I'm, I was wrong about that. No, they did have a prominent focus on the Wii U because they were in the Mii Plaza and you had the pad that featured all your game, like select your game, and the front was like, hey, all the Mii's running in circles. And of course, they had that one, like the packing game, which was like Nintendo Land, which was like Mii's all over the freaking place. But oh, the right. Switch kind of backburned them, unfortunately. And when the Xbox One came out, which actually came after the Wii U, if I remember correctly. It didn't like the me the me avatar. Sorry, the avatar still is in the game. You can still assist them. You can still customize them, but they aren't like in your face on the dash like they used to be. Now they're just kind of like up in the corner. You have to go to a specific screen just to see them animate. Now it's kind of sad to see them go. I love those guys. Just not as cool as the me's though. 
Because the thing I will say that I liked about the avatars on the Xbox, I will give them this. I like the fact that when you earn trophies sometimes, you would get an avatar accessory as a result of it. So my avatar was only adorned with things that came from achievements. So I was like, hey, see this shirt? I beat Portal 2, so I'm wearing this shirt. Or see this basketball hoop or whatever? Yeah, it was like a little extra trophy kind of thing, right? Yeah, it was like yeah. a visual trophy. Like, I earned this from a game I played, so that's why I'm wearing it, you know? Earnable bling. All right, so we were talking about Streets of Rage earlier, Pernell. That was your track, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so confused on who, who goes what next. But now, um, so I picked a track from Street Fighter. Um, this is from Street Fighter Three, Second Impact. Um, the song is called Sharp Eyes, and this is covered by the Consoles uh, jazz group. It's just, I love everything they do. I'll, I'll, I'll just listen to their music at work all day. Um, just for like a pick-me-up. So this is Sharp Eyes from The Consoles. S-O-U-L-S.
Sharp Eyes from Street Fighter III Second Impact. This is Ibuki's stage, and that was performed by performed and arranged by the consoles. Um, so yeah, they have a definitely have a good their own unique smooth style. Um, usually the horn is more uh, front and center with their arrangements, but I really I really love their keyboard player a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, real smooth. Yeah, that was a sweet piece of music right there. I was a fan. Ah, hmm. uh, times like this makes me wish I had played more Street Fighter. <laughs> There's some great, great music and, and some was, am- amazing music through the Street Fighter Three series of games. Yes, I think it's funny. Rob's like, "Where's the dog?" And the dog's running around all over the, the place. <laughs> He's <laughs> right here. He's good. We're going to knock something down. So, Pernell, you brought something from the consoles as well. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We didn't even collaborate on our selections, so coincidentally, we both liked the consoles, and we both picked tracks from their their music entourage, or um, their music catalog. Right? Their catalog, yeah. The, I feel, I feel like, you know what? It's good, because it's great anyway. I ain't yeah. lying about that. And from in my case, I picked a track. He's over here. Yeah. I picked a track from... Um, Streets of Rage 2. I picked a track from Streets of Rage 2, and it is their rendition of the bar theme. I was genuinely trying to find something related to bars with horns, <laughs> and of course, this came up. Oh, it's a great song. I could not deny it. More Yusou Koshiro. That's right. That's right. So, more consoles love, this time in the bar. <laughs> Get a sifter of whiskey out if you like. Have a drink while you listen. You're going to love it.
wait, oh, hi, welcome back. You're listening to In the Bar, done up and well by the consoles. Suffice to say, that ran to the point where I lost track of time and only found <laughs> track of groove. This was fantastic. Yeah. I love these guys. That's one of my favorite, favorite Streets of Rage tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's such a good, good cover of it. We need a jazz mm-hmm. cover of the Poets, too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's definitely a hard techno. That would be a challenge. Heavy, heavy tune. Um, yeah, wow, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, we ended up picking from the same band. Um, they have a lot. Of, there's a lot of great videos of them playing on YouTube. Um, they have a, a few albums you can find on Spotify. Um, and we'll have links to all of those on our website, rhythmandpixels.com, where you can go and uh, buy the music and support the artists. Um, oh, thank you for joining us on episode 15-2 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our focus on brass instruments and game music with composer Mitchell Wong. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us for for, for tonight. Honestly, for as long as we are here and uh, chatting about games with us. I do love running my mouth off about games. We do too. Well, you're in great company <laughs> because we had a ball yeah. doing it with you. We do so much that we do it every week. Mm-hmm. And then um, we record it another time during that week <laughs> <laughs> for the audience. Um, and yeah, we love music. Um, we know you love music. So I'm really excited about um, uh, some of the work that you're doing in the game Kine. Is there any um, uh, information, other information you can tell people like when it's coming out or where people can find it? All right. So real quick, Kine is a game that is made entirely by a solo dev and then one musician, aka me. <laughs> and um, that dev's name is Gwen Frey, and she's a former bio. Like, she was an animator at um, Irrational Games. So she worked on Bioshock Infinite, and she co-founded a studio called the Molasses Flood, and they oh, made cool. the Flame in the Flood. Oh, that game um, is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so she's the animator for that game. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so I can't say too much about Kine's release date. We are going to do 2019, mm-hmm. um, and I don't really know if there's anything else that I can say, but you can wishlist it on Steam. Uh, it's spelled K-I-N-E. And it's a 3D block puzzle with some cool music and cool mechanics. So that's uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I'm working on right now. What's cool. the name of that puzzle game Rob was talking about earlier that you did with the with the evolving music? Oh yeah. Oh that's that's kind. Oh that is kind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um the, the 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 game jam one that we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, yeah. That's a bullet hell. That's a bullet hell. Oh, what's that called? That's called, oh, jeez, okay, Jukebox Synesthesia. <laughs> it's either Juke Synesthesia or Jukebox Synesthesia. I, I, I have it um, installed. We can, we can, you can try it out before you go. Oh, cool. If you're interested, yeah. It's, uh, I'd watch you play that. <laughs> I can get, I'm okay at it, um, but yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. Um, so yeah, so yeah, thanks again for joining us on the show. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, me and Pernell at the show, um, you can send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information on the show, full track listing from all of the episodes, um, access to all of our episodes and everything else that we're doing here, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, you can see us on all the social media places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, usually. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, um, really just share it with your friends. Tell people about it, what you're, what you're into, you know, what your name is, and 
and um, just say hi and introduce yourself and say, I like video game music and there's a podcast. And then if, as they're walking away, um, you can tell them about Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash RhythmandPixels. Um, and if you'd like to support us there, we, we appreciate that. Every month we do a live stream of recording our episode for the Patreon members. And we also like to thank them at the end of every episode. So we'd like to thank Brian Kunkel, Alex the Messenger. Um, I like how he changed his name so the is in quotation marks now. The Messenger. Uh, Bobby the- Arson, thank you so much. Cameron Worma, Christopher Senstrom, Damian Beckles, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, Carlos, aka Carlos, Kung Fu Carlos of the Heroes 3 podcast, Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, an excellent podcast, uh, Brian Pitt, Morton Gangso, Chris Murray, Murray, Joe Vasallo, Chris Tienerson, and David Smith. Thank you all so much for your um, your support of the show. It, we, we super appreciate it. It goes into the show, it goes into our equipment, it goes into us traveling and doing other stuff at conventions and things like that. It's always it's always appreciated, believe, and it's also nice just chatting with you guys in yeah, general. Absolutely. Um, so that's all I've got. Um, is there anything else you'd like to plug, or anything else? Any anything oh, else that you're forget, playing? Don't forget Rhythm and Pixels chat. Oh, uh, Facebook.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels chat, where we're playing games together as a family. As a family. <laughs> sometimes I mean, sometimes I can be that uncle to everybody's like, oh, I don't know about that guy. He eats too many onions and jalapenos, but. Any other time, it's just great times playing video games and talking about music and just having fun with people you like. Mm. I do like that. It's great, right? It's good. It's we good. played Star Tropics. We're going to vote on our next game yes. for next month. I have no idea what's going to be, but find out soon. All right, so um, Xenoblade. Well, I, I, that'll be <laughs> my game. <laughs> we're trying to try to play within a month. <laughs> it's like a game of a two-year, a bi-yearly game. All right, so you've got some reviews coming out on uh, where. Oh right. Um, so I'm needed. I'm probably gonna start trying to catch up on like writing more for Hey Poor Player. I've been swamped on SML podcast. Mm-hmm. I got a couple reviews there popping off. Um, and also, I didn't get to review this game, but I'm going to state it because it's not on the review train. But there's a game called Time Spinner that just came out. Mm-hmm. That game is on Steam, PS4. Unfortunately, I heard the Vita version is borked. But that is a game that you should be trying, especially if you're all jazzed about the Symphony of the Night re-release that's coming yes. out. Play this game because it's inspired by it, but it's a new, a new game. <laughs> yeah, so that's always good. Play that. Um, but yeah, I, I have a ton of reviews popping off on SML. I've done like, uh, what was that game from this recently? Um, the Coven of Dusk and the Labyrinth of Refrain. You know, not a, not a crazy stay, stay. Oh, God, I uh, but anyway, the point is, I have reviews on SML Podcast and yeah. HeyPoorPlayer.com. Um, and Mitchell, do you have any other um, work that you'd like to promote or any games that you're playing right now that you think is cool that you'd like our listeners Ooh. to try out? Um, for things to plug, I have um, SoundCloud. It's probably just Mitchell, like SoundCloud.com slash Mitchell Wong. And I have one L in my name, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-W-O-N-G. Mm-hmm. My website is Mitchell Wong Audio. Of course, the same spelling. Uh working on a few other games i don't know if they're really like necessarily being publicly shown there's one game called chibi sue's costume crusade which is getting shown this weekend at boston festival of indie games i like and the sound of that title yeah it's uh it's a mouthful <laughs> for games i am working on uh i've been playing too much warframe and i've been playing talus principle and red out very slowly um, all of which are good games Yes, I've actually been curious about Red Out myself. It is super. If you like F Zero remotely, buy Red Out. 
that's, that's, that's an right. endorsement. Yeah. yeah, that's a huge and, endorsement. Uh, that's, that's sold us, right? There's a lot of DLC. You buy it all on sale. It's all fairly. It's all really great price too, because it's like five tracks for like five bucks. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, Ooh. and also like some cosmetic stuff. So I like this when it's aesthetic. All on sale, just buy it. It's great. Oh, it looks Love cool. It. Oh, that looks really cool. <laughs> just wait until it's in your hands. That's oh, all I gotta man. say. All right. Um, so that's all we've got. Then we'll see you um, next week on the show. Um, you've been listening to the Rhythm and Pixels podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thanks so much for listening and have a safe week. And remember, oh my God, this has been a, a week. Um, but essentially, two things came out of it for me. I'd say one, uh, if you've been following any news, this should be an obvious one. But hey, if someone starts talking to you with a problem that they've got, don't dismiss it. Ask you pay attention to it. Give it credit. Give it some kind of creed because you never know. It could be they could be need. You could be the one person they came to for help. Take it seriously. Also, life can be a bit on the doozy of a side sometimes to the point where you might even find yourself kind of feeling like you know, I'm not all that. I'm not feeling all that great. What the heck is the point of even bothering with all this stuff? And the point is, you want to keep trying because today might not be so great, but tomorrow's another chance to find that greatness to make your life shine again. Keep do- keep polishing that jock that rock until it becomes a shimmering diamond because you can do that. Just have it.